I got you something. Oh, oh God. It's a good book. Oh, it is God. So, uh, you, you know, we're worried about you falling down drunk all the time, so <laughs> this is your salvation. Oh, there oh. you go. Thanks. So I can fall down sober now? Yeah. yeah. I was hoping there'd be a fucking <laughs> vault in there. <laughs> Fuck yeah, baby. Always got to have one of those. The problem is I don't, I don't drink enough. So it's when I start sobering up, that's when I lose all control and fall up the stairs. Is that, is that how that works? Yep. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business progress and the USA. USA I'm gonna ask everyone to put all their phones away from microphone land there we go I know my phone when you when you get it when I start using it and I get too close, like around here somewhere, like it buzzes like fucking crazy. So they implant your head. You know about that too? Yeah. Johnny Mnemonic. What was a. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember, but like they, they even say like how much information he can fit in the fucking hard drive so in his head. A gigabyte. Yeah, so like, <laughs> uh, like one gig maybe. Over 100 megs of. Yeah. I guarantee they could carve out enough useless, like unused space in my brain to fit like a you know at least like a yeah. 128 gig yeah, fucking yeah. I, don't, ROM. I don't need to know remember how to make kool-aid or something <laughs> you just delete that part <laughs> delete all the creed songs that i learned by for fun you perfect know? <laughs> well and then you get the opportunity too of like when you hear them it'll be a whole new experience, <laughs> new experience. Like, what the you, fuck is this piece of shit yeah, man yeah. these guys are terrible <laughs> wouldn't that be something you just delete a whole ace of bass album <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> They're, they're secret Nazis anyway, so it's yep. fine. But yeah. it that secret. Mm-hmm. It was mostly their producer. Oh. Well, He's straight up oh, like... Oh, he's the ringleader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, is, that yes. what, is that what they saw the sign of? I guess, yeah. Well, and then the, um, all the all that she wants is another baby was actually written by the, the Nazi guy. And it's about like well, welfare queens, basically. Oh God! Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> but but on the other on the other spec on the other spectrum of that, um, uh, at least a few of the people involved in Chumbawamba are like uh, hardcore fucking Sea Shepherd like activist folk that okay. are that were like part of um, uh, Crass. Like that oh yeah, I remember. The, yeah. I do remember hearing that. Yeah. And then like uh, I'm gonna make up a fact now. Like tub thumping is about ramming your boat into. No, they just no. They wanted to write like they wanted to write a, a stupid, catchy throwaway song that would make millions of dollars, and that's exactly what it did. Fucking well, what then, the fuck and then are they, we doing? And They're then supposed they, to burn their money like KLF. Yeah, like KLF. But then they they ended up donating like most of the money made from that song to like like I said, Sea Shepherds and fucking you know activist groups. And Why shit. are we wasting our time with this bullshit? Get on that piano, Tony. We could do ragtime versions of uh, Ace Space songs. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah, ragtime versions of Slayer songs. No. Well, I was going to say rock songs, but that's just Aerosmith. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> We're almost there, dude. All I have to do is learn how to play piano. Oh. <laughs> well. Efficiently. Oh. See, well, Will has a keyboard. I don't yeah, think he can I, play it. The keyboard cat can play a lot better than I can. Oh, so, yeah. I guess we're fucked because, you know, I can't play <laughs> shit. <laughs> Once we figure out your, th- we'll get your theremin in here and your stupid automaton. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I just picked up a, a Casio DH100. It's a uh, 
it's a saxophone that's like mm, foot and a half long and it's like electronic but it works on wind so you have to blow into it to make sound but it's it's fucking rad <laughs> weird. i got it super cheap on online because it's got a there's a capacitor it's fucked up and i just got the capacitors today to replace it so i'm going to replace it and then i will annoy the fucking shit out of you guys is it the wow. same fingering as a real sax yes okay so you are armed and dangerous yeah. does it have like quarter inch out so you can yeah put it into yeah, yeah. you guitar, plug it into guitar amplifier yep and- and it's also uh, wah, wah, works. Pedal. It doubles as a MIDI controller. It's from the late '80s, um, but it's got a, it's got a MIDI out on it, so you can like plug it into any MIDI brain and use it as a controller. And a cassette tape deck. <laughs> yeah, right. Boom. Tape cassette. Uh, what's it? Eight track pops out of Afghanistan. <laughs> Two full size booze bottles. What? That's from uh, uh, what's that fucking? Oh God damn it! The pageant joint. It's that movie. Oh, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Really? I yeah, forget yeah. that the, part. The dad that owns the like uh the dad that owns the fucking furniture oh, store. Yeah, he's got yeah, the giant yeah. globe. He's like, check yeah, this yeah. out, and he opens it up and it's like that's two right. full size booze bottles and he like starts one boom, tape cassette comes out of Afghanistan. That's right, that's right, yeah. Oh, and then we forgot uh the real Jack Pike porn that you can order from my friend's daughter. <laughs> that's oh, <yeah>. right. <laughs> well, I forgot. Uh, me... Will's friend's daughter uh writes Wild West? Yeah, it looks yeah. to be kind of... I pretty don't know, close, he's pretty, but I'm he's sure pretty it's less rapey. Cowboy... But it's like modern cowboys with yeah, ta- it, tattoos. It's, it's, and, okay, it, modern it's, cowboy erotic. It's uh, fucking uh, Vin Diesel with a cowboy hat <laughs> and like no shirt on, basically, is the one I saw. I hope it's less rapey. Frankie Love, that's the, the pen mm, name. Frankie Love. Is he Nat Love's descendant? Mm-hmm. Yep. That'd be the way to do it. Mm-hmm. In fact, why the hell didn't fucking... The great Randisi or whatever the fuck his name is. Why didn't he do a uh, fucking Nat Love? That would have been a better right. Oh yeah, what the fuck man. It's right there in the title. You bet. All right, or, I'm, or, I'm trying to Google uh, Vin Diesel in a cowboy hat right now. Oh, Dead it exists. Well, of course. That was like that time I tried to find. Um, Last thing I what's saw his name? The singer from uh, Ben Shapiro in a cowboy hat. Ooh, That's gross. more disturbing. <laughs> it's like a toddler trying to cosplay Garth Brooks. <laughs> Everybody knows you don't cosplay Garth Brooks. He cosplays you. Actually, he cosplays a grunge guy. Uh-huh. I was going to say, you you, you say you skip Garth Brooks and you go right to Chris Gaines. Yep. Ugh, gross. Do a Chris Gainer right into that shit. Ugh, nope. <laughs> Maybe some of you are wondering what this cat, Chris, kind of looks like, all right? You got to know, he was in a bad, bad car wreck in 92, okay? So you promised me a story about getting chased. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot about that one. Uh, There's just one time I was coming back from the tractor... I don't. It wasn't after Corbelone. I can't remember who I went and saw. But you know, I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just walk home." You know, walk across the Ballard Bridge. So you're kind of, you can't go anywhere. Cause yeah, it's you're, a you're narrow, captive. It's a narrow sidewalk with cars rushing by you at all hours of the day. In fact, people die on that fucker all the time getting yeah. hit. Um, but I'm in the almost the exact middle of the bridge, and there's this guy coming at me. He's like, "Okay." He's like, "Hey, man, you got a cigarette?" He's like, "Ah, sure." Getting a cigarette. He's like, hey, do you know where the homeless, in, the big homeless encampment is? It's like, actually, I think you're going the wrong way, dude, because it was the one like way down, fifteenth closer to oh, the yeah. water, and he's headed towards Ballard. And right. I told him that, and he's like, "Okay, thanks." He's like, or, "Well, can I follow you there?" He's like, I'm not going there. Because <laughs> that says something about the way I dress. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Totally. Well, I like that you get you get confused for a dude going to the homeless encampment, but you also get confused for a dude that works at the zoo while you're oh, at yeah, the zoo. That happens. <laughs> zoos, zoos, and uh, 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 Theodore Roosevelt, or not Theodore Roosevelt, um, Fort Abraham Lincoln. Is wearing a, a green shirt and tan pants, and then my cab Stetson. Oh, perfect! And somebody mm-hmm. like this group of elderly people are like, "When does the tour start?" It was like, <laughs> I'm not. No. Excuse me, sir. Uh, uh, where's the homeless encampment? Yeah, I've also been accused of uh, 
I had a guy I was at uh, Cabela's one time and I was oh, buy, buying ammo and I was wearing khaki pants and a green top. This guy's like, "Hey, where's the three fifty? Where's the three fifty seven ammo?" I was like, "I don't. How the fuck should I know? <laughs> you know?" And he got all offended, like I was. Yeah, thought I was an employee telling him to fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, the guy with it, I like, gave him a cigarette and shit. And I was, you know, maybe, I kept walking. I was maybe like 50 yards further down. And all of a sudden, he starts screaming. It's like, hey, man, where's that fucking camp? And I just hear the pitter-patter of little feet. I didn't even look behind me. You could tell he was running after me. Jesus. And so I made a dash. I made it to the end of the bridge. And then there was luckily no cars coming, so I was able to just... Hoof it right across 15th. Fuck, dude. And then I didn't want to lead him back to my apartment because you could just still hear him coming. I, you know, Like I said, I did not pause to look behind me. And I like zipped between a couple of apartments and kind of like did some fuckery on my route back home. And I kind of like lost him, but I could still hear him like yelling and shit. <laughs> and then I was like, Fuck. well, I'm going to go in my front door so he doesn't know there's back stairs at least. And there's a keypad. Yeah. And if he's down there, you know, banging on the door, well, then I can go upstairs and Grab something. Dump some boiling water on him or something? Oh, dump some buckshot into his there you go. gullet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he never figured out which building I went into, but he was outside yelling and screaming what for a, a good 10, 15 minutes after Jesus that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah, that's Sweet. that's my story. I'm getting chased by somebody. Yikes. That was brought up before we started recording listeners because I was bitching about getting on the bus the other day in front of a... Domino's Pizza, where there was a guy just berating all the staff and threatening to kick their ass because they didn't make him his pizza, and they kept on telling him, you didn't order a pizza. You have to order by phone or online, and just coming in the door and yelling at him, I think, is the way he ordered the pizza. Oh. And then he got <laughs> The voices in your head yeah. <laughs> told you to order them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the voices of the homeless encampment, because the homeless encampment's yeah. inside you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then I told him, hey, maybe you stop harassing this kid to let him do his job. He's like, maybe you shut the fuck up or I'll kick your fucking ass. He's like, Meh. And then of, course, then, the, then, of course, the bus comes, I get on, and of course, he gets on. Of course. And just sits there talking shit the entire time, but yeah. He's also about half my size, so I wasn't that worried about it. Although they can always stab you with a screwdriver. So, well, it's like mm-hmm. the that juice force shit. They got hobo strength. Oh yep. yeah, <laughs> but it's nothing like uh, yep. Life in the big city, baby. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome back to how the West was fucked. How the West was fucked. Ah! Tony, where do the Utes come from? Oh, what was that word? Uh, what word? To what? What? Did you say Utes? Yeah, two Utes. Uh, Utah? You would think so. Yeah, they well, are now. Yeah. But they they had a little territory there and a little territory in Wyoming. A little like a in summer New Mexico. Cottage. But basically it was the western half of Colorado. Yep. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, in like California and Texas, Colorado doesn't have a lot of reservations and you kind of wonder why. No it reservations. Could be. Gold, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. little bit of gold, and then a little bit of what we're going to talk about today kind of didn't win them any popularity contests with the uh, already racist mm-hmm. settlers. Oh, it's the same, it's the fucking it's same exactly story over same. and over again. It, it, it's it's the fucking, uh, uh, I just listened to the Omnibus podcast, finally. Um, we got a shout out at the end. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the fucking... Now we have to make a shirt for every episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not doing that. <laughs> no, the, uh, yeah, the fucking, the, the oil... Oh, yeah, the Osage. Osage, Osage. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they just, it's like, oh, uh, fucking uh, minerals, you say. All just, of them, yeah, you say. Yeah, yeah. Just in time. <laughs> well, not just in time, but yeah. Yeah. not not too much after. But they were smart enough to buy their own land. Sure, yeah. Well, they yeah. got the opportunity got to the buy opportunity, their own land. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's like fucking 
Uncle Sam's like, oh, go over there, that little, go live in that little garbage patch over yeah, there. Yeah. Fuck off now. And There's it's like, no water. Oh. We'll dig a well. Oh shit, we didn't there's, find water, but there's shiny the- shit down yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Oh fuck, I forgot. That's my cousin's land. Um, yep. You got to go over there now. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is Uncle Sam's wow, land. Wow, that, mm-hmm. that uh, Will just like laid out his book like as though he's showing me his fucking royal flush here. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's that title's pretty on the nose. That's well, what that's the it. newspaper said. The mm-hmm. Utes must go. Yep. American yep. expansion and the removal of people. Oh, God. And guess who makes a, a guest appearance? Mr. Carl Schurz from the, the Ponca Standing Bear episode. Oh, right. yeah. So he's a... Uh, oh, good he, God. That fucking newspaper clipping. Mm-hmm. The Utes must go. There's like a... There's like a ute like on fire or moving very fast. I'm not sure if it's like speed lines uh, or fire. It looks like he's just hauling ass. He's, okay. he's got some. Friend. But he's getting chased he's by some, some fucking whitey with a knife gun. Yeah, and there's <laughs> another cartoon at the very end that's really Jesus really Christ. Sad. He's got yeah. He's got he's got his fringed buckskin is flying behind him. But what's he hold? Is he holding a pair of testicles? He's running away with something. The <laughs> uh, Pac Man cherries. It's a beaver castorium <laughs> gland. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it looks like he's holding a. Trump truck nuts or something. Yep. <laughs> Trump truck nuts. So is this illust- fully illustrated? Uh, there's a couple of good ones. Of course, uh, Schurz yeah, some... always has some good cartoons. All right, Ration Day, and there's just a dead horse mm-hmm. with no head. Here you go. Make some backstrap. <laughs> mm, just sweet. I like to prepare my meat in the dirt. I'm not like they have a lot of choice, but, you know. <laughs> I have a lot of trees to Fucking hang Fucking super duper. Well, uh, we'll, let, we'll kick it off the comic sans in the lovely NPR voice. <laughs> Also, shout out to the movie Convoy. We got a great big convoy rocking through the night. We got a great big convoy. Ain't she a beautiful sight? Convoy. And the the guy who did the theme song was C.W. McCall. Uh-huh. Who later took his earnings from that and became mayor of uh, Uray, Colorado. Uray? Uray. Yeah, I think really? I said Uray the last time. I think it is pronounced Uray. Is it? But it starts with an O. It's named after the chief that we'll be talking about. It's funny you bring up him because he also, like Dan was just talking about him on Knowledge Fight for some reason. They were talking about seeing Convoy a few episodes back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's weird how things cycle like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I fell into a uh, Roger Miller hole yesterday for some reason. Roses are red, violets are purple, sugar sweet, and so is maple syrup. I was actually listening to Knowledge Fight today before I came here, and it was an older one. It was the episode where Ruth Bader Ginsburg had just died, I mm-hmm. think. And they mentioned, like, um, one of the idiot hosts was like, oh, they, when they install a person, and talking like the word install is a conspiracy. Oh, sure. And they're talking about how it's normal. He's like reading examples, and he says, Larry Schnell was installed as the head of the Cattle Growers Association, which Larry Schnell oh, yeah. was my neighbors like back in North Dakota. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what which, that was uh, weird. So his name, in, his name in German is like Lawrence Faster. <laughs> yep. Schneller. Yep. And Schurz goes back all the way to Germany, too. He tried to start up a revolution there and had to flee for his life. Then he started making microphones. Yep. Many of which we use today. Mm-hmm. Right yep. now. That's why they, they come pre-smashed and I smashed <laughs> yeah, right. it. <laughs> but uh, so um, basically, uh, you know, it's Spain, then Mexico territory that mm-hmm. we're talking about. Till uh, 1821 is when Mexico gets started. Even back then, people are settling into the San Luis Valley there where Darren lives. But they were still raided pretty heavily by the Utes. And after 1848, America took over. So it's a new boss and same as the old boss. Yep. Oh, God, that's disturbing. Mm-hmm. I'm just paging through the book, and it's pretty much the Shining Twins from <laughs> the, the 1800s. Yeah. I think they're just doing 
probably yep they're going to first holy communion yep okay I figured i was gonna say i smell catholicism thought they're doing <laughs> shining cosplay I, I think the one we want at the end is at the very very back there but the one at the end is at the very very back of the book yep oh gotcha as opposed to the very very middle <laughs> but the Utes had a so so relationship with the spanish than the mexicans well it's because as we talked about was it that we last week Utes were partially helping them raid pueblo sometimes right mm-hmm. yeah uh, though many were taken as slaves by the Mexicans, but the Utes also oh, sold them slaves from other tribes, so it was equal opportunity no. slavery. But they could work off their servitude in 10 to 20 years and then kind of assimilate into the Mexican cu- oh, what culture after that. Well, can't, a- you can't even buy a house in 10 or 20 years anymore. I know. It's fantastic. You can't even buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full stop. Sorry. And the Spanish also gave them land grants, and all that went away, of course, when the U.S. took over. Yep. But some of the Utes would just change their names to Spanish names in order to file for these land grants. Oh, Ooh. perfect. Yeah. So even before the treaty was signed in Mexico in 1848, uh, Whitey started moving into the San Luis Valley. Then the Utes stepped up their raids. In 1849, the U.S. government went, met with the Utes in Abiquiui. I'm sure I said that right. In where? I think it's somewhere. Albuquerque? New- it's not quite Albuquerque, but it's somewhere in New Mexico. It's like... It's Albuquerque sto- without... Sto- store brand Albuquerque. I'd say yeah. Albuquerque without any consonants. <laughs> yep. Albuquerque. Well, they just built it near Albuquerque and tried to... Get, you know, it was like you go to watch Twister, but you actually you yeah, end yeah. up renting Tornado or yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. What was it? There's Twister. What was the other one? Tornado. Is it Okay, that's what oh. it was. Watch out, Bill Paxton. Get a low-cast hubcap to the head. Sorry. What, the last time I watched Twister was with Dustin and Phil, and they were both high as fuck. Speaking of Bill Paxton, just rewatched. Uh, Na- I think I was telling you that Navy last Seals, night. Yeah. Navy Seals. That Ooh, shit Navy holds. Seals. That shit holds up, except for they never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals. A little bit, a little more racist than I remember. Charlie <laughs> Sheen's throwing some slurs. Yeah, I mean, hmm. what year did it come out? Eighty something. Yeah, see, it was a different 89. time. Eighty nine. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, like when he's getting his car towed off the fairway of the golf course, but it's one of those flatbed trucks that they haul him up that. on there. He's parked on the fairway, and they're playing, like, polo with their... They're drinking beer and playing polo with golf carts, and they play a, a fucked happy up... Happy Gilmore? They play a fucked up cover of uh, Boys Are Back in Town by okay. some, what sounds like a hair metal band. Okay. And then uh, Charlie Sheen's convertible is getting towed, and he steals somebody's bike, and then rides after it and climbs up on this flatbed. And it's not strapped down, which is why the stunt is possible. And then, you know, he lowers the bed and has to do, like, a bootlegger turn uh-huh. out of a moving truck with a semi behind it. Great. That's one thing I don't think the SEALs are trained to do, but whatever. <laughs> well, they were, Well, they probably wouldn't have fared any better with the ninja on the golf course than Ninja, right. oh, ninja 3 the domination. No, yeah. uh, but uh, the U.S. meets with just one band of the Utes, the Mwatch. I'm sure I said that right. Uh, but the government assumed that they made a treaty with all the Utes. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of Utes. That happens a lot. Uh, so they agreed to recognize the laws of the United States and allow military forts, and they would farm and not roam and make war. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, you know, everybody kept to these. Yeah. But, you know, didn't have much of a choice. Uh, 1852, they set up an Indian agency at Taos, and they made Kit Carson agent. Yep. Because he was friendly with the Utes. Yep. Not so much the Navajo. Because they were the Navajo. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, the U.S. built Fort Massachusetts, which pissed off the uh, the Utes, and they attack Fort Pueblo. So that must be the... They, pit, uh, they, they got pissed about Fort Massachusetts, Massachusetts so, so they, they attack a different Fort, fort Pueblo? Mm-hmm. See that? That's what's going to happen to you, son of a bitch. I thought they were pissed at Fort Massachusetts just because they used an East Coast native yeah, they're like, term. Nope. 
Well, Pueblo was started by Jim Beckworth, so it was more of like a trading post rather than a military Oh, it was the military force. I got you. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Well, so you're saying it was probably... Path of of Least Resistance. It was probably easier to rob and had shit like whiskey and, you know, sundries and... So I think that's the one you were looking up with uh, the other day with uh, the Christmas Day. Yeah, that was... uh, Yeah, that was Fort Pueblo, but that was at a time when there was no Americans in it. It was all... It was a few Mexican dudes and their wives and kids and one Canadian. Yep. We'll talk about that one in cool. a blur. It's not really long enough for a whole thing, but okay. it's basically a Christmas treachery with the sh- mm-hmm. shooting sports and then a guy oh, sweet. getting shot in the mouth again. Well, well, we'll revisit this in about 10 months. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and of course, response to that, the U.S. Army killed about 40 warriors near Salida. But this was the U- War of 1854-55, and then the Utes asked for peace after that. Uh, the Utes territory also extended into Utah, which got them in trouble with the Mormons. Yep. Uh, Brigham Young asked the government to move the Utes. Uh, Lincoln finally made the Uinta Reservation, Utah. Unite, I thought. Oh, well, we could look it up. <laughs> the the Laquinta. I put it that way because I've, I got another. I've, I've fucking been there, and that's the way I've been pronouncing it. Oh. <laughs> well, you could pronounce that one. Oh, God. Uncumgagre. Hey, that's hey, actually play, right. Play the, the phonetic thing. You well, the there's sp- that, which is a little bit different. Uncumgagre. But uh, Colorado News has this whole thing where, oh no, I'm oh, sorry, uh, where they just call up these small towns and ask them, how do you pronounce your town? <laughs> nice. It's like a whole series of it. To settle a pronunciation debate, no, Kurt Aiken sw- wanted to know how it. to pronounce the name of the national force near Montrose. Starts with a U, ends with a pile of other letters. <laughs> it's St. Patrick's Day, so naturally we call the bar, R&R Sports Bar, that sits on the street of Montrose with the same name as the forest. I'm the uh, bartender. My name's Todd. We uh, pronounce it Uncompagre. It's spelled weird. That's for sure. Pretty much, I'm a local, so we pretty much everybody says it the same way. You weren't far <laughs> off, Bo. That guy's, that's the drunkest bartender I've heard in a long time. Well, I'm thinking he's like, <laughs> I, think, I think he came there when the forest was founded. It doesn't have any teeth. Like, <laughs> yeah, he does sound like he's 75 years old. <laughs> now we'll look up how to pronounce it. Oh, there we go. I was born here in 1932. 1492. <laughs> you into is it you enter? I don't know. That's, I haven't. This is not loading. Oh, I've been doing it wrong my entire life. I've, like I said, I've, I've heard I, you say United a bunch yeah, of times. I've visited that reservation. <laughs> Bought some stuff at a store. That's pretty much all I did. But Uinta. Well, fine. La Quinta, it is. <laughs> La Quinta in Walla Walla, Washington. Uh, so uh, Brigham Young asked to, to move the Utes, but course there's the uintas right there which are they're not friendly no oh yeah u-i-n-t-a-h uinta then of course 1858 gold was found along the front range or the pikes peak region there so by 1861 there's a whole mess of whiteys in colorado about thirty-five thousand. uh lincoln called for the utes to come in and sell their land and move to the to a reservation they were uh, like nah no the only chief to meet lincoln was ure uh, he was the only chief, the Uncompagre. Did I do that right? Uh, so Lincoln just made him chief of all Utes. No, which is in his power to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, he agrees to the reservation, which pissed off everybody else. Yeah. Especially the Southern Band. It didn't have anything to do with the Northern Band. But the treaty was ratified in 1865. But, of course, they failed to get nudities for him. Again. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln didn't want to press uh, the issue and piss off everybody, so he just... You know, left it for later. He'll he'll do it in a second term. 
Uh, also in uh, 1864, in, in November, is the Sand Creek Massacre. Oh, good. And, of course, Chief Black Kettle flew his American flag, and that got him nothing. Yep. Well, uh, he got him something, all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, good. with the Cheyenne kind of messing things up on the east side of the mountains, that kind of want everybody in Colorado wants all the Indians gone, even though the Utes have nothing to do with it. But uh, Ure was born in 1833 near Taos, uh, son of a Jirikara Apache. Okay. Uh, who had been stolen by the Utes and raised by a Mexican family. Oh, wow. Cultural diversity. Yep. So his mother was Uncompagre. So Ure spoke Spanish fluently and some English. And Ure saw that Spanish and Indians could live together peacefully at times if you were working for 10 to 20 years. And then, right. then you got in good standing. Wow. So why not with Whitey? That worked. Oh, let me count the ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he also uh, saw Stephen Watts Kearney, or Kearney come through in 1846 with the whole American army, which was 1,000 or 1,500 people. Yep. And he also saw the retaliation of the U.S. Army against the Taos Indian Revolt uh, later on, which killed uh, Governor Charles Bent. So okay. the, the, the Mexicans got the, the Taos Indians to, to revolt in Taos, and it didn't work out well for them. <sighs> if you remember that, uh, that's going all the way back to the Kit Carson episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Ure and his father moved back to uh, to the Uncompagre in the 1840s. So by 1864, he's kind of the leader of the Utes' largest band there. 1868, Ure goes to D.C. with Governor Alexander Hunt, Kit Carson, and 10 other chiefs. Wow. And Ure was made main chief by President Johnson. And again, the Southern Utes weren't represented and pissed off. Yeah, too. I love how like these people are just like, uh, oh, yeah, you're. it's like if, um, if I just decided you're like this, now you're the chief financial officer at fucking mcdonald's or something so the utes agreed to stay in western colorado and give up their little territory in wyoming new mexico and they have to give up the san luis uh, valley too oh what a deal Mm -hmm. so the reservation was still a third of colorado though Uh, that's pretty good two agencies were set up one at white river in the north and one near gunnison at los pinos which means the pines oh you're good uh, for your race band and the southern bands, they would have to travel 150 miles to, to go into their agency and get you know their, uh, stuff. their stuff. They would get farm implements, seed, and instruction on how to farm. They didn't give a shit about any of that. Nope. And they would get teachers and schools and even a tame cow and five sheep per household. Ooh, per household. I thought like the whole tribe was just getting <laughs> one, one cow. <laughs> now make it last. You don't get another one for you. Yeah. And Ure, uh, he, uh, this might have pissed off everybody else, too. He gets a reward for over $1,000 a year for life. So oh, he won the lotto. Wow. Holy shit. He, he won, yeah, I was going to say. Ed McMahon shows up at his house mm-hmm. with a giant check and shit. <laughs> so that made everybody else pissed off at him. Uh, plus, he didn't have to give up his own land. Everybody else did, though. Wow, he's definitely learning the ways of, like, kind of American capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, kind of like Chief Seattle, if you get yeah. a town named after, you might have been working with Whitey a little bit. Collaborator. Uh, mm-hmm. President Grant, uh, he wanted to get all the all the political hacks, all the employees out of the Indian agency. That's what Carl Schurz was all for, too, is right. get, get all this cronyism out. Uh, he put in his peace policy, which worked out well, and he would only po- appoint churchy people to uh, lead Indian yeah, agencies. Yeah, like Quakers and oh, whatnot. No, oh, but at least like Quakers are nonviolent-ish, supposedly. So you can so. fight them easier? Well, actually, for the Utes, it's the Unitarians up north and the Evangelical. No, that's worse. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's far worse. <laughs> oh my God. Far, far worse. Is there All any right. booze in this fucking book? <laughs> I almost filled it up. I only had was tequila, and I didn't know if you wanted it, because it's probably hard to get tequila out of 
something if you're just drinking oh, vodka. Or flask, yeah. Oh, it'll yes, yeah, it'll just taste like it forever. I guess mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Yeah. Nothing yeah. will be as bad as that fucking <laughs> the end of that party at the old poop tack house. Oh yeah, we ran out of liquor and like me and Bo were the only ones awake. And he's like, I think I got. Wait, I think I got a flask in my Jeep. <laughs> like, we're digging around in the trash in the back seat. He's like, Yes, there it is. Like, what's in there? He's like, uh, I think it's rum. I'm not sure though. It's been in there for years. <laughs> Fuck it. And we like drink it anyways. It's like, oh, this is like. Yeah. Just chewing on a mouthful of pennies. I'm pretty sure it's one I loaded up for when we were still going camping. Oh, Bill. so it, yeah. it had been quite some time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not fruity hell though. No, it wasn't no, fruity hell. Quite. I no. think it was. It was either rum or whiskey, but yeah, it was mostly just tastes like sucking on a nickel. Yeah, like so. Yeah. And that I didn't even put soap in. I just rinsed it out a little bit, so I didn't even want to do that. I'll make sure I fill it with Everclear first. Yep. There you go. Kill everything. Uh, so they signed that treaty in 1868, and then of course, silver and gold were fart. Uh, F- farted, found, <laughs> found in the heart. Then That's Jesus yeah. farted out silver <laughs> and gold. <laughs> Holy fuck. And the natives would never be the same. And there was much rejoicing. Mm-hmm. So that's mm. in the San Juan Mountains. So this is also brings us back to, uh, what's his name, Packer. Because yep. uh, Uray helped him help those guys out. Yep. And also, I've noticed in, in my research, like, Colorado shares a lot of place names with shit in Washington because we talk about White River because we got like the White River. But yeah, that's yeah. because when global I warming, I mean, everywhere finally, has a White River. I'm not saying when global that. warming finally does its thing, the the San Juan Mountains are going to be the, the San, New Juan San Juan Islands. Islands. Yeah. They're going to just move Soon. them south. <laughs> yep. What was there was an there was like a lot of parallel names in the whole thing. I think they're. We don't have a Shivington, though. No, but uh, but there is a Meeker, Colorado. There's yeah. also a Shures, Nevada. And there's also something else named after somebody. Well, Up on Beacon Hill, there's a Colorado street. I'm sure there's a Washington street in Colorado somewhere. There's a Dakota street down in on the south end, mm-hmm. but doesn't specify whether north or south. Can't we just have one Dakota? No, fuck yourself. Why sure. do you guys have to hate each other? <laughs> have you been to South Dakota? <laughs> yes, I have. met their people. <laughs> so, um, you're a complaint to the Indian agent, but he said he could do nothing. <laughs> Because you know they don't. It's like, only my job to. <laughs> it's not a good good deal to dig dig in Mother Earth there. It's... Yep. So Yuri went to D.C. and talked to Grant. Uh, Grant did send the army, even though they're poorly trained and undermanned. Sent and, the army to fight the miners. Yep. Oh, cool. Uh, and of course, they weren't used to, used to taking we- uh, wagons over mountain passes. So they arrive exhausted, and they and they get to face an angry crowd of miners ready to fight. Um, uh, the Colorado, Colorado legislator asked Grant to take possession of the San Juans for him, and the papers got into it too. So they were complaining about how could the government call in the army against white people? Yeah, how dare they? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's never nothing's ever a problem until it affects the fucking you know. Yep. Yep. So it affects whitey. Yep. So the troops quietly just go back to their fort. Okay. Mm. They're all like fucking motion sickness and shit. So Grant sends people to meet with Ure to get him to sell the San Juan Mountains. Uh, Yuri asked, why couldn't they just stick to their treaty that they just signed months before? Oh, God. Sell us your fucking mountains. Yeah. Yep. It's like fucking Trump's is like, I want to bar Greenland. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dipshit. Then he asks, is the government not strong enough to enforce their own rules? No. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> don't say that all alone. <laughs> so Yuri did offer to let the miners work that summer, then leave, but build no permanent homes there. Uh, so instead, the government countered, we will buy the San Juans for another $25,000 in goods a year. Not even cash. Just in Hershey bars and fucking yep. Kleenex. Right, in goods that we already have, are supposed to give you yeah, that we haven't given you yet. Well, we're going to make sure to give you, like, the shittiest goods. Totally. You know, mm, I hope you like high sawdust content in your flour. Technically, these aren't goods. They're bad. Yeah. 
They're mediocres at least. Yep. You know? uh, Yuri had to remind them that the food that they got from them already was rotten and moldy. It sucks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the quote unquote gentle cattle that they were given were gentle and they just ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry, but the, just the picturing them like, you know. And you can watch your cow run away for a long time well, out that's there. That's the thing. <laughs> getting the cows there, I'm picturing them like. If they're wild, they'd have to either, you know, trail drive them or something. But I, I like to picture them, like, as being all crated up. And they, like, busted open like with, a, with a... Fucking, uh, like the, the T-Rex in, in fucking uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, just basically like a wooden crate, and you'll get in there with a crowbar, <laughs> especially Bessie the plastic milk cow. It's a bunch of fucking st- styrofoam peanuts come flying out. And just an insane fucking rodeo bull comes <laughs> flying out of there and runs hey, man, off into the sunset. He was gentle back at my house before yeah, yeah. I brought him over here. That's on you. If you can't handle a fucking right? cow, that's your problem, man. <laughs> So, like, the people try to buy a motorcycle online, and then they show up to the house, like, have you ever ridden before? It's like, nope. <laughs> Watching go down the street. Oh, <laughs> uh, hell yeah. Uh, he also said that the agents were either corrupt or unfriendly or both. Agent.exe is corrupted. This guy's got Agent it all. He's unfriendly and corrupt. <laughs> uh, but Uray told his people to be friendly to the miners. He didn't want to be wiped out by the army. Uh, his friend is also... Yeah, sucker, you called in the army. You don't get to call him back. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like- uh, his friend is Otto Mears, who is the civilian provider for food and supplies to the agency. We probably mentioned him before. I think we He's did big in Colorado. Yeah. But, of course, he gets rich on helping, you know, skimming off the top here, yeah. of course. Uh, but he did help with negotiations because he spoke Ute and was friendly. Uh, he suggested that the agency give Yuri $1,000 a year, so this yeah. is his fault. And uh, the Indian agents there said, he, you know, we shouldn't give out bribes. And he said, no, it's just a salary. So he just agreed yeah. to it. So the Utes did sell the San Juan district, so that's about a quarter of their reservation, but they were still allowed to hunt in those areas. Oh, good. And the southern Utes would get their own agency. Hunt whatever the fucking miners don't waste and eat. Cool, Mm -hmm. we're going to hunt the miners. (laughs) (laughs) Take all their fucking gold and silver and then, you know. Uh, Ure believed that they didn't sell on Compagre Park. Uh, That's where they kept their cattle, sheepy, and horsies. And almost immediately, the white settlers just start barging in there and setting up shop. Uh, hey, look, I found some horses and sheep and a cow. <laughs> Neat. Uh, of course, the URA charged the government with deceit. Uh, the government ordered the squatters off and sent in an army attachment again. But they refused, uh, and you know, once they got there and saw that there's a bunch of armed, angry white people there. So they uh, grant offers to buy their grazing grounds there now, too. Uh, the youths thought they would get all that extra money right away, but of course they didn't know that it would take at least a year for Congress to approve it, and mm-hmm. then probably another year for it to actually get out. But Ure thought, still thought they could s- still coexist with the whiteies there. Boy, he's an optimistic motherfucker. It's got that bumper sticker on well, the back he, of his he's horse. He's getting paid to be optimistic. I mm-hmm. And he takes up farming too, which is easy because he had Mexican servants working for him. Oh, oh awesome! Yeah, farming's easy when you don't have to do it. Do it, it yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind his back, his enemies called Ure an apple Indian. What? Red on the outside, inside, white, white on, on the inside. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, a town was named after Ure there, Envoy. Uh, white dignitaries and Ure was photographed a lot together, which pissed off all the other chiefs, especially the southern youth since they weren't getting represented at all. Right. Uh, one guy named Suckett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he traveled to the south to make trouble. Oh, I guess this is one of the uh, Indians. And he gets a bullet in the head. Oh. Uh, four more people were try- uh, killed trying to challenge Ure over the next year, so he wasn't 
taking any dissent. Yeah, plus he has money for ammo and stuff and to hire goons. So Reverend Jabez Nelson Trask. Wow. He was the Indian agent for the South. He complained about the cold weather and the dip. Isn't there Lake Trask in Washington? I have no idea. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's out of the I've, I've seen Trask something. Yeah. Isn't it out by Shelton somewhere? Mm-hmm. Could yeah. be. I think it's one of those tiny-ass small plakes. Yeah. Oh, it's out in Grapeview. That's that's why oh, I know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, so he complained about the difficulty getting supplies in the cold weather. Imagine that in Colorado. Yep. And he wanted to civilize the Indian in just one day. <laughs> the fuck? Six-minute abs, man. No shit. <laughs> and he would walk around in a swallow tailcoat. Oh, cool. Tight pants. So he's dressed like a ringmaster? A broad-brim hat. Oh, and wow. green-eyed goggles. Oh, cool. So you look so like Kermit, this... Kermit the Frog, a, a hipster Kermit the Frog Yeah, or steam, steampunk. Oh, this is, this is Trask that you're talking about? Yep. So the youths uh, thought he was an evil spirit because he dressed like that. Yeah, I think he's an evil spirit mm. or a Zoolander extra. Uh, one person said of him, I don't believe Mr. Trask is a sane man. He is eccentricities make him unfit for an agent. <laughs> and a year later, he was replaced. Uh, in the North, Charles Adams had some success with the Northern Utes. Oh, yeah. That in the North. Fucking Charles Adams, not the one that made the Adams family. No. What was uh, what was Trask's first name, do you remember? Jabez Nelson Trask. Yeah, I guess he was a reverend. Say, so you're probably not going to find a lot of them. You were, you were so hoping Jabez. to find I, I want to find a picture his, of his him in his, his fucking getup. X-Man getup? Get yeah. Damn it. Arabian horses. You're going to look funny. We fought for Arabians. We dreamed of Arabians. For two weeks, my men have done nothing but eat and sleep Arabians. But I even got dressed up for Arabians. And what gets off the boat? A bunch of mangy, rotten. Mulberry Square Productions bravely presents... Honks. Honks. The story of 16 camels and the men who love them. I hate camels! My men are going to get on those camels and ride them. Yes, sir. Outside the fort where, where, where people can see them. What was that? Haji Ali is the name, or if you prefer, as your barge drivers so quaintly called me, Had Jolly. James Hampton is Lieutenant Howard Clemens, Washington's man about camels. And Christopher Connolly is the reluctant sergeant who somehow helps him pull the whole thing off. We've got two choices, either do it or desert. And the penalty for desertion is hanging. Slim Pickens as horse soldier Naaman Tucker, the man who hated camels and lived to regret it. Shoot! Jennifer Hawkins is the girl whose beauty and grace wins the heart of Howard Clemens. That's disgusting. If you think that's disgusting, wait till you see Jack Cutter, the meanest outlaw in the West, brought to the screen in all his charm by Jack Elam. I'm ready! I'm loose! I'm walking death and destruction! You see, sir, things are different here than they are back east. They certainly are. And that's what makes Honks the wildest, wooliest, funniest movie ever. Honks is horse soldier against camel soldier, camel soldier against the army, and Howard Clemens against the whole world. 
You're responsible for the men, Sergeant. Not for me. I'll leave immediately. What do you think happened to him? I don't know. You think he's dead, Sarge? I said I don't know! If you like to have fun, if you like to feel good, if you like to laugh, <laughs> or if you just like to hold hands in the balcony, you're gonna love Hogs. Don't miss James Hampton. I am the picture of the dress code manual. Christopher Connolly. That's a, a nice picture. Slim Pickens. Somebody call my name. Denver Pyle. <laughs> Gene Conforti. Mimi Maynard. And Jack, Jack Elam as Jack Cutter. Mad Jack Cutter. And featuring 16 of the cuddliest creatures ever to charm their way into your heart. And you'll also enjoy the delightful short subject, Benji's Life Story, which traces Benji's career from an animal shelter in Burbank to his emergence as Hollywood's leading canine star. Don't miss Benji's Life Story and Homps for Everybody, rated G. Uh, so the uh, Northern Utes kind of liked Adams. Chief Douglas called him a good man and had some common sense. Though they were in a high valley and it was very cold, the growing season there up uh, up north was only between 70 and 80 days. Right. So most of the problems were whiteys stirring up shit outside the reservations there, and the papers would fan the flames of it. Well, that's out of character. Mm -hmm. And the white man would sell liquor. Imagine that. Uh, whites complained when Utes passed over their land to hunt, even though that's in, in middle and north parks. You know, what do these Indians think they're doing out here on my land? <laughs> and, of course, now the whitey wants military brought in, even though they should be there to kick them out. Yeah. Uh, in the winter of 1877-78 in the White River Agency, grain rations never arrived. Mm. Uh, Reverend Edward Danforth was the agent. He wouldn't pay the freight bill. Because it had to come from the railroad at Rollins, Wyoming. Oh, shit. Which is another hundred or yeah, seven miles away. And he said the contractor was responsible for paying. So people starved that winter. Okay. And the grain rotted in Rollins. Oh, awesome. Damn. Good job. Lose-lose situation. And, of course, the northern Utes have to leave the reservation and go look for food. I'm going to guess that the Indian agent didn't starve, though. Nope. <laughs> and, of course, now the government say that they need a military escort to leave the reservation oh, and go God. hunt. I'm sure that's that helps your hunting. Yeah, it's you excellent. Yeah, hundred soldiers, hundred soldiers. The guy blowing a bugle every fucking fifteen minutes. <laughs> Trying to sneak up on literally anything. Be very, very quiet. Hey man, <laughs> yeah. just over there. See that deer? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, 1876. We get President Hayes. That's the election nobody wanted to win. Mm -hmm. He puts Carl Schurz in charge of the Secretary of Interior. Uh, so we were talking about him. He had to avoid uh, getting shot in Germany. But he comes here and he rallies all the Germans to vote for Abe Lincoln, so that helped him win. Yeah. Did you say Abe Lincoln? But he does uh, serve in the Union Army as a general and did a pretty good job there, actually. And he worked briefly for Horace Greeley's New York Tribune paper. Ooh. And his enemies called him the Dutch Viper. Yep, because he still couldn't tell the Germans from the Dutch. <laughs> well, what's the Viper part? The vi Viper? He was oh, just an asshole. White windows? <laughs> no. No. The snake. Yeah, well, he wouldn't wipe. He just kind of drug his arse on the ground. It's like the only episode of G.I. Joe that I remember very clearly was like they get a phone call. It's like, the Viper comes at 3 o'clock. And then the <laughs> phone hangs up. They're like, I think that it, I think they mean Cobra. And so they like show up wherever 
at three o'clock and like Cobra's there and they're like, holy crap, this tipster's got his shit yeah, together. Yeah. And so they fight and then like they get another phone call, the Viper comes at at noon. <laughs> and so they like show up at whatever address the guy says. And then at the very end of the- like, like doing this in a suburb or? They, I fucking don't remember. But they say like the, Vi- the Viper comes to like the Sears Tower at noon. Yeah, or yeah. And so they show up and like they foil fucking uh, Cobra Commander's plans again. And at the very end they're like, the Viper comes to your base. Right now, and they're like, they're here, and then they open up the curtains, and it's just like a window washing service. <laughs> that was like the whole joke for the entire fucking show. Wow. The fuck? Yeah, it was very that stupid. That sounds really bad. It was very fucking stupid. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Even Snake Eyes said, like, man, fuck. <laughs> Between them and the A team, they never hit shit. They no, could, they don't. They should have taken some target practice. Well, that, they blow down each other's airplanes all the time. But it's like everybody even, bails. Though, they're sh- even though they're shooting lasers, mm-hmm. which you would have no time to bail, but no. ev- everybody bails. <laughs> and they definitely don't shoot at the guys that are parachuting to Earth that then fight them later. Well, that's mm-hmm. against the Geneva Convention, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Cobra Agency is not covered <laughs> under the Geneva Convention. <laughs> Uh, Shears was supposed to clean up all the corruption in the Indian agency. Drain the swamp. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he also is responsible for the Indian schools, too. we got to throw that in, Ooh, in case yeah. you forgot. What a turd. And uh, Shears got an application from uh, Indian Commissioner Edward Haight, Commissioner oh. Haight, for Nathan Meeker. Hey. Shears knew his son, Ralph, who worked for Greeley's New York Tribune, and Ralph helped to expose much of the corruption of the Indian ring of uh, Grant's administration. Shures also knew Nathan Meeker from his agricultural articles, because that's what he did. <laughs> oh, his treatise on pumpkins is mm-hmm. breathtaking. <laughs> which also appeared in the New York Tribune and other papers, which were owned by Greeley. Uh, Shures supported Greeley when he ran for president the year before. Didn't do so well, though. Uh, Nathan Meeker, he was quite peach. He was born in Ohio in 1814. Uh, his family did serve in the Continental Army. It's the army that comes with orange juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Donuts. He was a writer, and he was a bit of a reformer and studied utopian societies. No so good. He's so he's a bullshit fucking artist. B U double L S H I T. New word. A R T I S T. Spells bullshit artist. I say again, bullshit artist. But his uh, writing flowed best when he was on opium, though. Of course. And he's probably a schizophrenic of some sort. He also drove better when he was drunk. Yes. Me too. Uh, So Meeker gets married and moves to a commune in Ohio. It was called the Trumbull Phalanx. Phalanx. What? Trumbull Phalanx? Phalanx. Phalanx? Phalanx. Phalanx, like, uh, you know, a phalanx can be like like a row of troops. Yeah. Like oh, okay. it's, I think it's from Roman, the Roman army. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Okay. Also, do it on kickoffs on the NFL too. Wait, yep. it's fucking like some like hippie utopia commune. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That was, in, that was in Braceville, Ohio. If you want to look. Oh that up. yeah, Ohio, just fucking heaven on earth. Uh, Meeker was excited he could finally make a living and live out his utopian dream. Yeah. Almost immediately, it didn't work. <laughs> We ran out of opium in three days. But <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I sure wrote a lot. Life is terrible. I want to fucking die. It was a dry summer and all the crops failed. <laughs> Utopia. Next year, an unspecified disease hit the community. <laughs> so Meeker quit and just moves back home. <laughs> just 
throws his hat on the ground and stomps <laughs> off. Uh, he ran a store in Euclid, Ohio, for three years, and then opened a store by himself. I guess that was a family store in Hiram, Ohio. He got by by selling liquor, which he preached vehemently against. <laughs> we can have uh, we can have Jaden go check out some of these spots in Ohio. Yeah, uh, the church even told him to quit, but Meeker gets enough organized religion and just fucks off. Boy, he's a, just a not a stick to activity no. kind of guy. Liquor's the devil. How many bottles would you like? Yep. yep. Fuck so, you, Jesus man. Well, there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, by this time, he finished his book and got a publisher for it. The book was called The Life and Adventures of Jacob Armstrong. That's a page turner. That's it? Uh, it's about Armstrong. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's probably a long time. I was going to say, that's that's fucking, that's tiny we for a look that up, book yeah. title. Uh, we, well, what would we'll, you say it was called? The... Uh, Life and Adventures of Jacob Armstrong. I'm sure there's a colon, 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 right. colon. Who the fuck is Jacob Armstrong? Like it sounds like a fucking made-up character to me, and he's probably gonna. It's probably gonna be one of these goddamn Hardy Boy novels, right? Oh, no, it's a uh, it's American fiction. Yeah, so it's a. Uh, oh, that's it. The Life and Adventures of Captain Jacob D. Armstrong. That's probably why it didn't sell. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so this is a. Uh, Write American fiction, but W R I G H T, Indiana University. Okay. Uh, life, life, and adventures of Captain Jacob D. Armstrong. There's like just a little, just a little blurb, but just the f- fucking very. The Emperor of China waked up on, on hearing his wife speak in the in this manner, and then cried out, "What nonsense is this?" I just like that he waked up. It he, sounds like my daughter wrote he this d- fucking. He done waked up. <laughs> Cathilda, Cathilda answered meekly. Oh. That's, go, right that's, that's going in the baby baby name book. <laughs> Don't say it more. Fucking goddamn elder god will pop out of the fucking. <laughs> Dude, Sh- this is so misspelled. <laughs> Should I tell you about the book? Yeah, yep. please. Uh, Armstrong and four others survive a shipwreck in the South Pacific. Treasure out. And then they find natives living in perfect peace. Uh-huh. And then soon Armstrong introduces Christianity to them, then capitalism. Oh. <laughs> Banks, money, and private property, then laws, which lead to theft, bribery, robbery, and lawyers. Oh, so accurate. Yep. Wow. So it, it all it all blows <laughs> up. But he could have learned his own lesson when later. Mm-hmm. But he also ded- dedicates it to Millard Fillmore, one of the worst presidents ever. Yeah. Just did he do that or- as a twist of the knife kind of thing? Like fuck you, dude. Yeah, yeah. He just wanted to sell books. No. <laughs> uh, you know what you got to do to sell books? Put a little. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he tries to get his book published. He even asks Greeley for help, and Greeley suggests he try smaller publishing houses because a larger one would never dream of publishing this piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Meeker would uh, take $200 of his own money to get it published. Uh, the book was a failure, and it didn't even get a review, mm. let alone a bad review. Just Great. nobody even bothered. <laughs> wow, that's the worst kind of scorn. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the kind of reviews we get. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> so he moves to Illinois and farmed and paid off his brother. He probably put up the money to the $200 there. He does have a few prosperous years there, but an economic panic hit in 56-57. So to supplement his farming, Mika returned to writing articles for the Cleveland Plain Dealer and sometimes for the New York Tribune on how to grow pumpkins and stuff like that. Greeley had Meeker cover the Civil War in Illinois. He made friends with General John Pope there. After the war, he finished a book on agricultural essays, and this book sold well to a limited audience. I'm going to guess farmers. Maybe. 
farmers who could read at that time, which that would, that would definitely limit it. Charlie, Joe, and Dave. <laughs> uh, this impressed Greeley enough to give Meeker a job as agricultural editor in the New York Tribune, Ooh. which I'm sure they have a pretty banging. <laughs> it's like, what are you growing in uh, Hell's Kitchen? Nothing. Yams. <laughs> Uh, 1869, Greeley sent Meeker out west to write articles. But also, Get him the fuck away from him. And, of course, uh, we forget to mention that Greeley was the guy who said, go west, young man, because east is a shithole. Yeah. But that probably wasn't even true either, but yeah. that's what's attributed to him anyway. Uh, he went out there to find new agricultural opportunities and uh, highlight and encourage, basically lie. Uh, so on the train out, uh, Meeker meets uh, General William Jackson Palmer, he was a Civil War hero and head of the Kansas Pacific Railroad. He also meets William Byers, who is the first editor of the Rocky Mountain News. Wait, isn't Will Byers the kid from Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> and, of course, he is also Palmer's real estate agent for the railroad. Oh, good. Which is convenient. Uh, he said the area of north of Denver was fertile and mild. Lies. Lies. <laughs> Uh, Meeker went back to Greeley and told him that Colorado would be the perfect place for an agricultural co-op full of good moral peoples. God damn it. So they decided to make a commune. Oh, fuck. Uh, Meeker was going to live out there as its president, and Greeley would be the treasurer, he, which is convenient because he has money. He has uh, aspirations to be a non-Mormon Brigham Young, is what I'm reading out of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> And he's probably, you know, likes the opium and, and, oh, yeah. and is definitely crazy. It's going to work fine. We're just going <laughs> to all, you know, we wake up, we have our tea and opium, and then we go about our daily tasks, and then we have our lunch and opium, and then we, you know, write some poetry, and then we not Take an hour for a wall. <laughs> you can grow poppies out here, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, where the fuck's he get all this opium? <laughs> well, like all reformers, he was a, a bummer. <laughs> so there'd be no gambling, no liquor or saloons, or billiards. Utopia. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greeley got together about $90,000, which was far less than they expected, but enough to buy the land and make some improvements. Uh, except for Greeley and P.T. Barnum. No, oh, God damn No it. other big investors threw in, though. It's mostly people throwing in their life savings. Well, P.T. Barnum probably just did it as, I got to see how this shakes mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just entertainment money. Yeah. I like liars. Uh, so Meeker uh, buys all this land at an inflated price from buyers, uh, $5 per acre and 12,000 acres, most of it sight unseen. The first wave of settlers found the land dry, windy, treeless, and the soil was hard pan and hard to plow. Mm-hmm. And the settlers complained that they had to pay these inflated prices because Meeker was now selling the $5 an acre to 430 What the fuck? Yeah. So that's a lot. Oh, God Back damn. Back in there. Especially for that. Uh, so 50 to 100 people would show up a day. And then but, walk away disgusted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they only had one well in town, and they actually didn't have a town yet because they had to build it. So you basically walk out to the middle of a field and stand in line to get a drink all day. <laughs> Utopia. <laughs> While getting blasted by the fucking wind. <laughs> so by the fall of 1870, a thousand men, women, and children were at the colony. And to boost the colony, Meeker named the uh, the town Greeley. So that's why we have Greeley, Greeley Colorado. Colorado. I've been there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a major drought and grasshopper infestation came through the first year. Eat the grasshoppers. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to say, there's your bumper crop. Is Greeley still a utopia? 
Oh yeah. Was it when you got when you went? It's real shithole. <laughs> Actually, it's not that bad. It's like one of those like northern like suburb type things of little way, you know, north of Denver. Yeah. Well, now it's all grown together. Isn't it? What it's close to actually is fucking Columbine, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well Columbine's just a little south. A little bit south, but, but Greeley's what a little bit north. Yeah, isn't that not quite Fort Collins? Well, isn't the isn't the fucking isn't it Anheuser Busch brewery up there? Mm-hmm. Is it that or maybe Coors? I don't know. I know there's a big fucking brewery. Yeah, Coors is there. in Golden. Golden, yeah. Because well, that's the Golden's, color of the urine that goes into well, the beer. Golden's a little further west. West, right? yeah, yeah. It's towards the mountains. We should have Ben Hyman on this. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, they build that irrigation ditch, which mo- they sink most of the money into, but it puts more water into the town's basements than onto the crops. Well, cool. <laughs> then you get P.T. Barnum to put some beluga whales in the basements. Perfect. Just like his museum. Then mm-hmm. you can charge people to come look at your whales. Your sad, dying whales. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when the whale dies, poof, <laughs> lamp oil. Bacon. And, and bacon. Fish yeah. bacon. Fish bacon. <laughs> they plant 1,400 trees. Of course, they all die without water. <laughs> so the cows, they didn't bother with fences. At first. Well, you, you so the cows the, would just roam around and eat all the crops that they just planted. Yeah, that, <laughs> well, that's the thing is if you leave the fences down, then some of the cows that are running wildly away from the utes might run in and join your herd. There oh, you go. So yeah. poof, <laughs> throw up your fence real quick. <laughs> so by the end of the 1870, the colony was already $10,000 in debt. All right. Auspicious. After one year, only 195 of the 442 original investors remained. Investors. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Apropos. Yep. They asked for a refund. Uh, Meeker himself was in debt too, so he had to turn back to writing again for the New York Tribune, telling people how wonderful it was out in Greeley's colony. And to get him out of debt, he turned to the. Oh, he uh, started starts up a paper in Greeley. Ooh. Calls it the Greeley Tribune. So oh, basically, great. it's it's his mouthpiece. Uh, and, of course, Greeley gives Meeker money to start up the paper, $1,500. So Meeker, now he spends the next seven years just focusing on the paper mostly, and that pissed off the people in the colony. So his increased debt was what forced him to become an Indian agent. Okay. So, so basically he was at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> oh, he's like the lowest point of his life. <laughs> desperate. Sunk his entire life savings into a fucking it, utopia. It was bullshit. <laughs> So Meeker used the paper as a platform for his ideas. Oh, God. He's, he's getting pissed off that liquor was being snuck into the colony. How dare you fuck up my utopia with your liquor? So in the paper, he took... sucks. We need something, <laughs> anything positive, man. Just watch the wind blow all day. He took up the cause of vegetarianism. Radical. No. It's because they fucking, all their cows ran away, so he didn't have <laughs> <Yeah>. no choice. <laughs> the annexation of Canada, you want to do that. Oh, <laughs> might be a couple Canadians have Swinging something to say about that. Swinging for the fucking fences, man. <laughs> yep. oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, he was into the abolition of children's per- profanity. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to ban dancing among adults. What the fuck? Who is this guy? He railed against fishing. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And picking wildflowers. Okay. What? And he also supports women's suffrage, so okay. he was definitely insane. What the fuck? That is a weird mixed bag of <laughs> yeah. shit. 
No fishing, no billiards, no booze, and no children. You're a fucking anymore. asshole, mister. But ladies, you get shut your vote. goddamn mouth, you little shit. So these are the reformers. These aren't the, the people Jesus. wanting to exterminate Indians. Refor- reformers sounds like, um, you know, on the tiers of changeable robots, you have your transformers here, <laughs> your, your robots here, and, and at the very bottom is the reformers. From the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> <Say>. <laughs> Mine turns into a toaster oven. <laughs> Mine turns into a robot that's not allowed to pick flowers or go fishing. <laughs> So, oh, Johnny Five would be disappointed. Oh. So his opponents in Greeley start another paper, the Colorado Sun. Uh, Greeley just writes to Meeker to tell him to give up on the paper and just concentrate on the colony. I'm trying to annex Canada, dude. Yeah, your fucking first colony's working out so well. Canada, take over Canada. Canada ain't going to annex itself. <laughs> so Greeley runs against Grant for president in 1872. Fucking bold move. <laughs> mm-hmm. Holy crap. Uh, Maker, uh, Meeker in his paper attacked Grant. Uh, it didn't help because Greeley lost big time. Yeah, because he's not Grant. Yep. And uh, yeah, and this is going to piss off future Republicans in the, in the future when yeah. he asks for, for another job. A uh, week before the election, Greeley's wife died. Oops. And Greeley was sick himself. Oops. And then two weeks later, he dies. Oops. Oh, Ooh, almost like almost got William Henry, Henry Harrison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Meeker still yeah, owed, he got elected. Yeah. Owed Greeley a thousand dollars. He was guilty and wanted to pay it back to his daughters. Uh, and adding more problems, the New York Tribune stopped accepting his articles because they're all insane shit about don't go fishing. Mm-hmm. Then there's the financial panic of 1873. To add all to, the, to this, I'm still I'm still tripping on. Oh, you guys should eat vegetables. We can't grow any vegetables. Well, I mean, we can supplement it with fish. No, no, never. absolutely not. What are you supposed but to? But there's eat? all these streams. No. What are you supposed to eat? All these wildflowers? Yep. If you pick one fucking wildflower, I'm going to kill you. In 1874, he goes back to New York to try to find a writing job. Fails at that. Goes back and tries to run for Colorado legislator. Oh, God. And, of course, he fails at that, too. This guy is like the most failed man I've heard about in a very long time. That's why you and should put o- him in charge of other over people. Over such a <laughs> wide diaspora of yeah, different... Right. Uh, Meeker puts his land in his wife's name and the paper into his son's name to avoid creditors. Of course. Infowars, not yeah, right. This is not affiliated with what is it? Sounds, free, free, free speech systems. I want to watch that uh, painting show. With yeah, Bob no Ross. Oh God, Alex Jones mashup. Fuck. <laughs> Just screaming about trees. Actually, probably start crying. Just be all whiskey drunk. And, oh yeah. Uh, Meeker takes a job at the Centennial Expo in Philadelphia, so he lives at the expo in a fake mountain cabin. And dressed up in buckskin. So he's, he's kind of doing the Otabanga mm-hmm. type shit only. Oh, God. Yeah, I just watched, uh, there's a documentary on Amazon about the 1904 World's Fair, which yeah. is pretty, pretty, pretty come, great. Come see this Inuit family in a fake mm-hmm. uh, in the cave. Phil- they were giving dogs to the Filipino guys just to, you know, eat. Yeah, yeah. And then it pissed off everybody, but that still was, it's like, oh, let's come and be pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like uh, manufactured outrage. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of like the painting show, have you seen the? There's a. Oh, that's where we get the prune bear. Prune. Oh yeah. <laughs> have you seen the preview for this shit? It's just a movie called Paint. Uh, I saw it. And it's like uh, Owen Wilson is basically uh, Bob Ross. Oh. Only he claims he's not. It's not. No, yeah. it's basically like kind of based on Bob Ross. But yeah. There's there's some weird shit going on in this. Like I watched the the extended trailer and it fucking looks weird as hell. I'm I'm excited. Well, I think on Netflix there's the, like the documentary on Bob Ross. This is like a this is a film like oh, where yeah. he looks like Bob Ross and he's like a TV painter. Yeah. But yeah. uh 
Yeah, he's got the big fro and shit too, but Owen Wilson. But if you watch the documentary, you know, because now there's all sorts of stuff you can buy with his face on it. And it's right. like, don't do that because it doesn't go to his family. It goes right. to these other people he was yep. in business with. People making money off of him. Yep. Fucking yeah. PBS. <laughs> big Bird Crime Syndicate. <laughs> yep. Uh, so he's there at the expo in a fake mountain cabin, dressed up in buckskins, and extolled the virtues of Colorado, especially Greeley. Come move there. What oh, the fuck. Fucking. Oh, no. We were just, I don't know if we got any of it, but we were, uh, listeners, we were just talking about the fucking Thomas Kincaid town that he wanted to build. And then, oh, the, and then yeah. the, uh, then the Domino's pizza guy, Utopia, he wanted yep. to build. Wow. Didn't know Same how shit. on the nose this was going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> So when he gets home from the expo, he gets a letter from Collections. <laughs> Threatened threaten to shut off his wind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> While he was away, a secret brewery burned in Greeley, and his son was blamed uh, for not having started it, but he was doing, Be involved. doing the secret brewing. <coughs> oh. And also Meeker's son, George, passed away from consumption. We'll just throw that in, too. So fall of 1877, Meeker decided he could no longer be colony president, and could not pay off his debts to the Greeley daughters. And he lets everybody know he wants a postmaster job, so he must be really desperate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he tries to get on with the Paris Expo to represent American agriculture. No luck there. Uh, finally, ask uh, Colorado Senator Henry Teller about the Indian agent job for the Utes. He early, earlier said when he was first come to Colorado, quote, The extension of the fine, nervous organization of the whites is impossible to do the Indian. Because he is without brain to originate it and support it. So he's racist as fuck, yeah. too. Jesus. Even before he gets the job. Great. <laughs> I'm sure that was the qualifications. They're like, uh, answer these five questions now, for us. What do, you like, th- what do you think about Indians? <laughs> well, Jesus. Yeah. They're not even people. <laughs> hired. You're hired. <laughs> uh, he believes somebody trained in agriculture could guide the Indians into civilization. Yeah, he's good at that, is he's pretty... <laughs> Yep. And, so good so far. <laughs> and of Ooh, course, this cactus is delicious. Mm-hmm. And of course, Carl Schurz agrees with him, and he's Secretary of Interior, so he's in charge of the whole thing. And he was bent on undoing all the scandals of the previous administration. We're going to start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. All new scandals. So Meeker has to go back to Colorado and get all this uh, support from Republicans after trashing him in his paper when uh, Grant ran for president. <laughs> hey, remember me? Yep. These guys drink baby blood and worship the devil. And, and then like a month later, he's like, hey, man, uh, so. <laughs> you guys hired? Uh, so tell her he just wants the Utes out. He's not shy about that, like most of Colorado. He wants the Indians exterminated or at least kept peaceful. Yep, I read that one. <laughs> he, went with the, he went with the E word mm. right off the bat. Uh, Meeker sent him a recent article he wrote for the Springfield Republican. He said they, uh, that the Indians must learn to farm with irrigation. Which was the reason that Greeley, the town of Greeley, was in debt so much, right? Uh, and that unless they would, uh, unless they would do that, they'd always be in fear to the common white laborer because of their small hands, underdeveloped shoulder muscles. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Does and that small mean? brains. What the fuck? And of uh, course, Teller agrees. First of all, you know these guys. The guys that are talking all this shit. You know damn well. Have like consumption and fucking oh yeah, like fucking bulldog jowls. They, they don't have calluses on their yeah, hands. Pot, pot bellies and seventeen <laughs> yeah. between the two of them. Meanwhile, these Utes are like yoked as shit and hard as nails from mm-hmm. you know living living. <laughs> Fuck. 
And, of course, Teller agrees, and he agrees to fire the uh, agent Danforth at, at the Northern Reservation and put in somebody who knew about farming. Oh, God. Or at least writing mm. articles about farming oh, in Jesus. New York papers. Who made up shit about farming. <laughs> so Meeker got the other senators to endorse him. He got Henry Ward Beecher to write him a letter to Schurz, too, to ask for the job. He was the, the whatever, the CEO abol- of- abolitionist type oh, guy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I thought you were going to say he's the guy that started Beecher's cheese. Mm-hmm. So Meeker's son, Ralph, uh, was friends with Schur's private secretary, so he put in a good word that way, too. He also had his detractors, though. The superintendent of instruction of uh, Colorado said Meeker was, quote, one of the wildest inflationists, or liars, yeah. in Colorado. That tracks. Yep. So in March 1878, Meeker becomes the Ute agent. He recognized that the area the White River Utes were farming was too high and too cold to farm. And he suggests that they move their farming to a lower valley. That they probably didn't own. Uh, well, they owned it, but they like to Dude. have the pasture there for all their horses. Oh, oh yeah. Well, th- is that the one where they like they like to uh, race race horses mm-hmm. too? Yep. And so he decided to plow up exactly you know, like their one source of like because uh, you can't have any fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, that's what they do is they you know right. a you show off how cool you are with your horse you know sure. they're a horse culture. I'm saying he just he just fucking paved over. Their... He decided to plow it, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah that's what starts starts the ball rolling. But well, we're, you go, we're you, almost there. You go to a fucking neighborhood and just go door to door smashing people's TVs with a baseball bat. Like fuck uh, you. That, yeah, I mean this would be more like uh, if you get rid of the park, like the fucking yeah, the baseball. Park, diamond. I was gonna say baseball yeah. diamond, or you know, like take a, a basketball court and like turn it into a. Fucking mud puddle. welding shop or something. Right. <laughs> it's the the evil guys in elect, uh, breaking two electric boogaloo. Right, to the bad there. guys in every shitty gotta, 80s movie. Got to save the community center. Only yeah. this time the burn the community center down. Sweet ass horsey racetrack. Mm-hmm. So that lower valley in 1868, Powell, the Grand Canyon guy, he spent the winter there. So they called it One Armed Man Valley. Mm, sweet. Or now it's called Powell Park. One Armed Man Valley. I like uh, One Armed Man Valley better. Mm-hmm. There, Meeker would build a new agency, complete with an irrigation system, Yeah, which will bankrupt him. No shit. <laughs> Not him personally now. Oh, no. Uh, now it's, it's the, the Indian's money. Yep. By midsummer, Meeker wrote to his son of the progress. He said, quote, I like the Indians pretty well. Hey. Progress. Not perfection. That is progress. Uh, new buildings were built, and an irrigation ditch was started and making progress. And he was given his 25 workers double rations, Ooh. if he would work for them. But not everybody was happy on the reservation, because that valley was used for grazing. Uh, Meeker refused, like most whites, to recognize the Utes as a bunch of different bands with their own leadership. So no Utes under Captain Jack wanted no part in moving or farming. Uh, Chief Johnson, an older chief whose influence was kind of waning, was on board for a lot of Meeker's ideas, at least at first. Probably he's like losing his marbles. Yep. And, uh, of course, Meeker wanted to civilize the Utes by breaking their horse culture. (laughs) Making them walk? Mm-hmm. He complained that they're always horse racing and gambling. Yeah? Yeah. That's what they do. And during the bad winter of 78-79, about half the lodges leave the agency for a warmer spot. And Josie Meeker, Nathan's daughter, opened the schoolhouse to four students. Yeah. By the end of winter, only one student remained. Wow. <laughs> do they die or leave? They just left. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like worst school ever. In the spring, Meeker completed his irrigation ditch at the cost of $3,000, which he took out of the Ute and nudities. Without their approval or knowledge, uh, mad at the Utes for leaving the reservation, Meeker wired Major Thomas Thornburg. Major the, Tom. Yep. He is the commander of Fort uh, Fred Steele up in Wyoming there by Rollins. 
Uh, he told them that the Utes were sneaking off the reservation, and they were buying guns and trading them to the Sioux. Awesome. That was basically a lie just to get yeah. Thornburg to come there and arrest him. In fact, did the Ute even get along with the Sioux? Or would they even run into the Sioux? There's mountains in the way, but like they you, might. This yeah, guy doesn't fucking not, know that. Not often. <laughs> nope. Plus, this is like 78, so they... Oh, they've been... The hostiles are currently in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, call the cops and you're like, hey, my neighbor's selling heroin to the fucking the other neighbor's kid. You got to get down here. Yeah, and they're like in Michigan visiting grandma. <laughs> yeah, right. So Meeker says they need to be taught a lesson. Oh, and he told uh, Commissioner Haight the same thing. Commissioner Haight puts on his black helmet and gloves. and Yeah, I picture him as a super, super villain. Oh, big time, yeah. So in the same letter, he expressed hope in the new planting season. I'm going to wipe out all the people that live on the reservation. Hope they do a good job of planting. <laughs> <laughs> but throughout his life, Meeker had shades of manic depressiveness, and so this is par for the course. Oh, maybe this is just really a really drawn-out, elaborate suicide plot. <laughs> it works. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, so Captain Jack returned to White River in the spring from hunting in Middle and North Parks, which he had the right to do under the treaty there. And Meeker receives reports of horse thefts and fires by the Indians there. And he blamed Captain Jack for these reports. It was very likely just All some, made up. Yep. Yeah. And oh, he didn't even go to the trouble of like getting some guys from town to go put on red face and burn a couple <laughs> haystacks? No, no. All you have to do is lie. See, even the Mormons try harder than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, See the, the Mormons are known for their industrious sure. work habits. Mm -hmm. Go that extra mile by trying to smear the Utes as killing those <laughs> yeah, mountain right. meadows. Basker, old travelers, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think they're the Paiutes. Or... Yeah, it's Paiutes. Yeah. Uh, so Meeker wires Thornburg to help again, but uh, Thornburg is a smart guy. And he just ignores him. Uh, Meeker went to Denver. He hired two men, Wilmer Eskridge, a sawyer. I guess he's a guy who saw. And George Eaton, a laborer, to replace the guys who quit. Uh, while in Denver, he talks to General Pope, who had sent Buffalo soldiers to investigate the fires. Uh, they arrest two Utes. Who started a cabin on fire? At least mm -hmm. that's what they claim. Insert anyway. my cousin video there. Mm -hmm. Did you say Utes? Yeah, two Utes. Uh, and then Meeker goes back through Wyoming so he can stop and talk to Thornburg there. Uh, Thornburg said he didn't receive any orders from DC, so he didn't do anything. Uh, but he did do his own investigation and found the Utes were peaceful. And he said uh, the fires were caused by careless whites if they were yeah. caused at all. Only you can prevent cabin <laughs> fires. <laughs> Uh, Thornburg said Meeker looked tired and spoke slowly. <laughs> Fucking chasing that dragon all yeah, the way across exactly. the Great Plains. Uh, he felt sorry for him trying to civilize people who didn't want to be civilized. Yeah. On the trip back from Rollins, Meeker's wagon flipped over and he yes. hurt his shoulder, which would bug him for the rest of his life. His short-ass life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Meeker withheld rations to families whose uh, husbands left the reservation and issued double rations to those who stayed. He also That'll show you to go hunting for food. <laughs> he also threatened to send the army after the ones off the reservation, even though he, Thornburg doesn't want to do that. Yeah, he doesn't have a dick to piss with. So uh, Captain Jack, he's pissed off, and he marches into Governor Pitkin's office and demands a meeting. <laughs> You're <laughs> having one right now. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that went over like a lead fucking balloon. Yep. Uh, so Picture, he, I'm picturing kind of shades of uh, Mr. Wu going into the front door of the gem saloon mm -hmm. on Deadwood. So he told him that Meeker was spreading lies against him in the newspaper. You know, the, the youths didn't send any fires. He demanded Meeker be replaced. Uh, Governor Pitkin said he'd look into it, 
and then sent back to the Which just basically means fuck off, get <laughs> yep. out of my office. I'll go ask your mother. I'll look into it. Endeavor to persevere. <laughs> so Pitt can refuse to take back the arrest warrant for the two Utes. I have one named Chapman or Chinaman. What? And one named Bennett or Glass Eye. Okay. Cool. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so Pitkin turned to his friend William Vickers, the editor of the Denver Tribune. And, of course, Vickers writes, the Utes must go. Hey, that's on the book. It says, quote, the Utes must go. They're actual practical communists. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? What year is this? 1878. Yeah. Ish. Well, that's, that's, that's just yeah. the go-to for the entire history of this yeah, fucking country. Well, especially since Meeker is kind yeah, of a communist. Totally. You know, uh, and they're, geez, they're just doing what they're told-ish. And they're actually, you know, what the fuck? Well, and actually, you know, let's, well, yeah, let's Indian, face it, Indian society is a little more. Yeah. yeah. They, they work together. Yes. In like, a community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? They're not rampantly trying to fuck each other. They're over every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. This aggression shall not stand. I don't trust them. Yeah. And the quote goes on, too. Oh, God. And the government should be ashamed to foster and encourage them in their idleness and wanton waste of property. Living off the bounty of the paternal but idiotic Indian Bureau. They actually have become too lazy to draw their rations. <laughs> Which never comes. The yeah, rations yeah. you never fucking get. Oh <laughs> my fucking god, dude! But insist on taking whatever they want, uh, whatever they find it. Uh, removed to the Indian Territory, the Utes could be fed and clothed for half the cost. Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Uh, the broader truism that the only good Indian are dead ones. Wow. So, Captain Jack goes to complain about the newspaper spreading lies about him, and then he gets that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Meeker didn't have much power to limit the Utes' horsey business, but he could limit their pasture. Too much horsey business. <laughs> I says no horseplay. <laughs> so he told the chiefs he was plowing under another 80 acres in Powell Park, right next to their lodges. He said, the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. So Meeker had a worker start to plow. He quits when a Ute shot over his head. Ah. <laughs> Meeker called a meeting. Uh, Chief Jack wouldn't go. Meeker told Douglas and Johnson, uh, chiefs, uh, they would be arrested if they tried to stop the plowing. Can't make it. I'm going to be loading my gun, mm-hmm. says Jack. And Meeker complains to Commissioner Haight about it uh, and said, quote, they have uh, have had free rations for so long and been flattered and petted so much, they think of themselves as lord of all. Oh, what the fuck? Some victim-blaming ass shit. God damn. Not fuck a- these motherfuckers, dude. So two days later, Meeker starts plowing. Chief Johnson went up, and they exchanged angry words. So Meeker's account differed from the chief's, of course. Of course. Meeker said he grabbed him and threw him on the ground, re-injuring his bad shoulder. Good. And that he would have been killed if workers hadn't stepped in. I'm sure he just probably... He, like, tripped on a dirt clod. (laughs) So Meeker sends a messenger to Rollins to wire DC about Chief Johnson trying to kill him and blamed his son for shooting over his head of the plowman, or the chief's son, Yeah. and asked for troops. So September 6th, six days after the attack, Major Thomas Thornburg received orders to go to the White River Agency. Thornburg knew about how Meeker would lie and exaggerate. Uh, so is that a good place to stop? Because I think the next one's about uh, Thornburg's background anyway. So. Yeah, okay. sure. yeah. Why not Thornburg? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. So yeah. this is a little bit of like the Dakota uprising where the, oh, guy, yeah. the guy says, eat, on, yeah, eat, eat grass, grass or your own shit. Yeah, and yeah. then he gets grass and and, yeah. and shit in and his it, mouth. It is kind of nice. Sometimes there, you know, there's a degree of fuck around and find out that happens. Sometimes like not as not as often as maybe 
one would hope, but you know, right. But yeah, that's that's a good good build up to. Yeah, I'm, thanks. Now my dander's up. Great, your dander. God, I wish I didn't have to work tonight. I yeah. want to. I want to drink about this so bad. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with a stunning conclusion to the Utes must go. We'll see where Dude. they go to. Oh, I have an idea where they're probably going to go to. <laughs> but until then, we're going to go on a hail. Oh. On Kabograve. Did I say that right? I Fire. Thank Fuck you, Miles City. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. What is a ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths. <laughs>